You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hi and welcome to our weekly AIB Market Talk update on Tuesday, August 6th. From AIB's Customer Treasury Unit, I'm Gavin O'Carroll. Our Senior Economist, John Fahey, wants to talk about both the US federal rate cut last week and the Bank of England's outlook ahead of Brexit. John, the US economy is in the middle of a historic boom. So why is the Federal Reserve deploying an economic tool at last used during the financial crisis? In terms of uh, the Fed last week, Powell outlined why they cut interest rates. So it's the first cut since 2008 and it was very much expected by markets. So there was no surprise there in terms of the rate cut. So of more interest really was what they were going to say about future rate cuts and the potential for that. So why did they cut interest rates? It's very much a preemptive cut and it's little to do to some extent uh, with the US economy and more to do with what the Fed uh, is seeing from a global perspective. So the global macro backdrop has weakened. You obviously have the ongoing and at some stages escalating trade tensions. So the US uh, Federal Reserve has tried to get ahead of that to some extent and introduce uh, a type of insurance uh, rate cut uh, and basically that was the rationale behind uh, why they uh, cut interest rates last week. There had been some talk before that they could cut rates by half a percentage point, but obviously that didn't transpire. Yeah, that was out there a bit in markets, but that was always uh, unlikely given what we had heard from the Fed. And I suppose we got good guidance uh, from Powell at a semi-annual testimony a couple of weeks back where uh, the market at that stage had been pricing in the 25 base points rate cut and his comments before the two different congressional uh, hearings did little or he did nothing to uh, dissuade the market view on that and at that hearing he kind of talked down the US economy to some extent so basically markets were well teed up uh, for this 25 basis points cut. If you stand back from all of this on the surface the US economy is pretty good unemployment rate close to half century lows and this is now the longest expansion in the US economy in their history and the US has been adding jobs now for nine years straight why would the Fed be taking action now, notwithstanding what you just said about semi-annual testimony and all of that? Like, it, it, it doesn't make sense in the macro world on the basis that the US economy is still roaring along. It is quite unusual. I suppose it's the context of where we've been for the last number of years, uh, where markets have uh, very much always taken solace from the fact that your main central banks, and especially the Federal Reserve, have been introducing uh, and implementing uh, you know, monetary stimulus. Uh, now, in the last couple of years, the Fed has started to roll back on that. We did get four rate hikes last year from the Federal Reserve. We also got, uh, previous to that, them uh, stalling their QE program, quantitative easing program, and actually started to do quantitative tightening. So last week, along with the rate cut, they actually ended that quantitative tightening element, which means that they're no longer allowing their balance sheet to reduce in size. So one of the reasons in terms of the backdrop is what's happening in markets. And I suppose at the, st- at the end of last year, what we saw in equity markets especially was a strong sell-off uh, and a weak end to the year uh, because investor sentiment got concerned around that all this global uncertainty that's out there, especially in relation to trade wars, and yet the Fed was still talking about hiking mm-hmm. interest rates. So then when we got into the start of the year, the Fed started to change its tone, started to sound much more dovish. Uh, and now that's where the point we're at at the moment, uh, where they've acted on that by cutting interest rates. But Powell was uh, very keen to emphasise uh, in the press conference to follow the meeting that this does not herald uh, the, a period of a, uh, of a rate-cutting cycle to any major degree because, as you referenced there, the US economy is still performing very strongly. So he emphasised that uh, a number of times. 
So it may not be the case that this is just a one and done rate cut. We might get one more rate cut potentially from the Fed, but the market's expecting anywhere between 75 to 100 basis points over the next 12 to 18 months in rate cuts. And we think that that's still unlikely at the moment. For that to happen, you'd have to see a pretty major downturn in the US economy, which would in part be linked to uh, a slowdown in, in, in the global macro economy. At the moment, the US economy is still holding up fairly well. Uh, so we think that uh, the market might be over-egging it a bit in terms of the rate cuts that mm. it's the magnitude of rate cuts that it's expecting. It's certainly in good shape, the US economy, but this officially puts on notice to the globe that there are storm clouds and uncertainty ahead. And you know, we, we've we've talked in recent podcasts now over the last number of weeks over the European challenges, the Brexit challenges. Everybody's aware of in these aisles. I think at this stage we need to just move now to the Bank of England. They were meeting last week and on Thursday they brought their uh, official policy announcement out, no change in interest rates. They seem to be sitting on the fence. What do you think in the context of the new UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson now in power over the last two weeks? Uh, so the Bank of England is very much in the same position like uh, everyone else in terms of businesses, individuals, uh, that it's still waiting for clarity uh, on Brexit. Now, obviously, uh, in terms of the new prime minister in the UK, we've seen an increase uh, in talk uh, and a strategy seems to be to up the ante in relation to no Brexit planning and, and that they're quite happy if that is the case. Uh, so that's played into market sentiment in terms of we've seen it in sterling weakness, but we have also seen that the market start to now expect a rate cut uh, from the Bank of England uh, in light of the increasing uncertainty and risks uh, of a no deal uh, type Brexit. But as I said, the Bank of England is, is has no uh, different insight to everyone else has in terms of how Brexit mm. uh, will evolve. So it's really in wait and see mode uh, for clarity on, on how the Brexit outcome will go. It's base case assumption is for a smooth Brexit, uh, but obviously there's a raft of uncertainty around that, and that uncertainty has increased given what we're hearing from the new Prime Minister in the UK in terms of their Brexit strategy and their willingness to go for, uh, other apparent willingness to go for a, a no-deal scenario. So from the Bank of England's perspective, it can't really, you know, from its policy deliberations and outlook, it's completely clouded by Brexit. Uh, Brexit will be the key determining factor in terms of what happens UK interest rates. And at the moment, uh, it just has no clarity on, on how that may evolve. So from a rate perspective, what could happen? Well, if it was a no deal, hard Brexit type scenario, uh, the strong likelihood is that we would get rate cuts uh, from the Bank of England. However, if uh, towards the end of October, if there was to be moved towards a softer type of Brexit, if some form of agreement could be put in place that included the transition arrangement, and if it looked as if that it was a soft Brexit rather than a hard Brexit, then that would bring uh, rate hikes in the UK very much back on the agenda for 2020, because the Bank of England still retains to some degree a tightening bias in its view that it thinks that to return inflation sustainably to its 2% target, it will need to increase interest rates. But it has been emphasising, even in the midst of that, that any rate hikes will be very modest and to a limited extent. You touched on sterling there. That has been the true barometer of market sentiment on Brexit now over the last maybe two, three weeks. And for the first time, we'd seen sterling um, pushing towards upper limits of the range that's been he holding since June 16 referendum. 
it's it's going to be interesting now through the month of August and and then as we head into September and everybody comes back and potentially the crisis starts really heating up. Sterling could be that canary in the coal mine over how serious the market has taken over what way the, the UK is positioning itself vis-a-vis Ireland and Europe. Yeah, so on previous podcasts, I think we mentioned uh, just the move in Sterling since the beginning of summer in terms of like a 4% plus fall uh, in its value. And that's just what I suppose the lead up to that or the context of that at the start of the summer was Theresa May announcing she was stepping Absolutely, down. Yeah. The number of failed attempts in the UK Parliament to get the withdrawal agreement through so the expectation of markets and the concern you'd have a more Eurosceptic uh, Prime Minister so that has now materialised so we've seen a continuation of that trend over the next couple of weeks um, you know normally August tends to be a quiet Twice, period uh, yeah. in terms of the UK House of Commons is now in its summer recess tends to be uh, the key holiday period in Europe as well but at the same time uh, it makes markets maybe more vulnerable if there's lighter trading conditions the sensitivity to headlines so even though normally we would suggest that August is a quiet period you couldn't rule out some more volatility for sterling over that but I think you're really going to see the focus come on from the Brexit uh, perspective September, October because the latest cliff edge date is obviously the 31st of October so that's where really minds would be concentrated on that September, October period in terms of what progress uh, can be had uh, in the uh, UK EU talks just to avoid that no deal scenario. So I think politically uh, our politics or or market events could drive sterling uh, less so the data and I think there's, this is a relatively light week coming now in data terms. Yeah very quiet for the week ahead so the main highlights are UK GDP for the second quarter and Japanese GDP for the second quarter so the UK number will be interesting uh, just in the context obviously of everything that, uh, the uncertainty in relation to Brexit uh, so I think uh, in terms of market consensus we're looking for a flat reading in GDP GDP. So we are seeing that the uncertainty in relation to Brexit is having a dampening impact uh, on the UK economy. But as you say, the most reactive uh, element uh, to any Brexit news flow and the most timely uh, is in relation to sterling. So sterling is the key thing to look out for in terms of what market view is on sentiment and what the latest developments are, because that will be the most sensitive and the most reactive. John, appreciate you joining us today. Thank you for taking us through the latest market talk. Thanks to our customers and listeners for following our weekly podcast and make sure you check back next week for our latest business podcast. If you haven't already done so, please press the subscribe button to AAB's Market Talk on the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Speak with you soon. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC, authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.